Hello and welcome to the first Digital Wake, an experiment from Max Tassi Brown and Danny Watmo looking at how the latest news and events affect the PR industry and where things are going. This week, we've looked at the changes to Facebook's algorithm, again, what does that mean for PR? And we're also looking at Richley's new agency, very much based on personal reputation, and Stephen Waddington's PR for PR campaign. Uh, we should introduce ourselves first of all. Danny, would you like to take the floor? I'm Danny Watmo. I'm head of digital at Weber Shamwick and do various digital things with the PRCA as well. So I'm Max Tatton Brown. I run a communications agency called Augur and Write for places like Wired, The Telegraph and Other. And I'm vice chair of the PRCA Technology Group. So Danny. Yeah. First up, Facebook's crackdown on promotional posts. What do you think? Goodness me, another week, another Facebook update. It's crazy. It's really tricky one because half of me is sitting there going, this is a bit of a pain in the arse. It's something else that we've all now got to think about, something else that we've got to optimize for. But then the other half of me is thinking, well, actually, it kind of makes a lot of sense. And actually, if you're a PR person thinking about using Facebook, you've probably already been doing this. You've probably already been saying to your client every single week, we need to stop being as promotional. We need to make sure that it fits in with all the other posts that they're seeing in their timeline. Because, you know, I think people genuinely get really, really fed up of all the promotional crap that comes through. Well, all these services, you're seeing this thing where if advertising is part of the mix, they have to protect the actual product while still making it appealing enough for people who are doing that advertising thing. And obviously everyone's getting angry because early on, not as many people were advertising heavily on Facebook and so the noise was lower and therefore there was an opportunity to build up an audience. That's obviously going, but it's going for better because they can't just let anyone plow their way into your newsfeed. Um, the real is embarrassment, I think, is that the standard of things your friends post on Facebook is pretty low, right? So you'd hope brands could deliver something better when they've got a budget yeah. and they've got a strategy. Yeah, but the brand, the default position for a brand is flog me something or flog something. And I think that's why, you know, it's, it's, it's always going to be challenging. So they've got themselves brands. to blame. Yeah, always. I mean, you know, bra brands have... It's, it's because of the content the brands have produced over over time that we constantly find ourselves in these sorts of situations. You get the Facebook advertising uh, promotional post that you deserve then. Most brands are never going to be able to create good content. Discuss. This uh... is never going to change. 90% of brands will never be competitive in something like a news feed with what Facebook wants the news feed to be. I think a brand is never going to compete with a picture of your newborn baby. That is definitely true. But could they create content that still is engaging and appealing? I don't know, I, I genuinely think they can. I, most of them don't. But doesn't that also highlight the issue with like engagement on Facebook? Like a like is something, you know, that's Facebook engagement, a comment, they're all a Facebook engagement, but they're kind of worthless. So it means brands start pandering to that engagement form, start creating cat photos and to five reasons why you da 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 da, like superficial stuff that is effective on the metrics, but is actually pointless and meaningless. I suppose it's also an example of, of 
uh, marketing, if you find something you're doing in marketing that feels really like an easy win, something's gone wrong. Mm. Like you've either misunderstood it or it's a, a signal like, you know, the Facebook measurement thing. Well, it's like um, Google and SEO, isn't it? It's the same thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, Google Google sets some boundaries. Marketers pile in. They find ways to kind of trick the system. They find ways to do the hard sell. And then suddenly Google goes, oh, this is a bit crap because actually it's it's damaging our core product and everyone's unhappy with it. So now we're going to change things again. And, you know, it's exactly... it's. It's not exactly the same, but it's very similar. No, I completely agree. And you have to optimize towards what is motivating that company. Mm. That's that's the real thing, isn't it? Like, if you optimize towards that, then you're doing the same thing they're doing. As they optimize their algorithm for what shows up in the newsfeed, what shows up in search, uh, your actions, theoretically, should be placing you in a better and better position in both of those. People bang on about brands as publishers and you know all of this stuff the reality is most brands are not publishers they they're they're you know pushing their product and yeah of course on on one side that's fair enough and you know we brands are in the business of making money and that that has to be a factor if you want to get that right then you kind of have to adjust the sort of content that you're producing and i think this is just facebook saying we're now going to try and regulate that because at the end of the day we want people to spend more time in their newsfeed and they're not going to spend time more time in their newsfeed if all they're getting is the promotional rubbish that that brands are pushing at them in a way you could say that yes we're blaming brands for not putting interesting stuff in the newsfeed but they wouldn't really know how to measure the value of that interesting stuff if they were achieving it because they're only seeing likes and comments and fan numbers and things like that even the the kind of best metrics within facebook itself are still not particularly strategic goals but that's why you need to look at some of the stuff that people like nielsen are doing in terms of measuring how increased awareness of a brand on facebook can then translate into improved sales you know and some of that stuff you know there are studies out there that clearly demonstrate that if you if you create decent quality content on Facebook and you you use paid to then reach a bigger audience, it does have an uplift. It's been proven there is a link. And yes, that link doesn't necessarily demonstrate itself in likes necessarily or comments necessarily, but it is there. And I think that's the big challenge for brands and marketers and agencies. Well, so maybe it turns then the responsibility back on Facebook again because they created an ad product where they incentivized brands to behave, uh, to optimize towards likes and comments and things within Facebook. So they'd spend more money. So Facebook can say, do more of it because you're getting more likes and comments and engagements. So they spend more money. Da, 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 da. And it just looped round and Facebook actually created the wrong incentive. Whereas if Facebook had invented a way to see the results of it, outside of Facebook in the ways you're describing, well then maybe brands would have started off with the right incentives and started creating, you know, actually more. Yeah, and that's why Facebook's doing these things with Nielsen and why they're launching Atlas and So it's getting there. Yeah, I I think I I hope that if you sat down with Mark Zuckerberg or, you know, somebody in the high up in the commercial team at Facebook, I hope they would say when we started to do advertising on Facebook we got it wrong. Yeah. And there was a lot about that that was, you know, we just 
Christ, we just need to make some quick money. Let's just let let people put ads on the net. And I think over time, because they've listened to their audience, I think they have, and they've seen that people are, are, are not enjoying the kind of brand interactions and the brand um, stuff that's coming onto the network. And I think they've they've changed things over time. And actually that, you know, it's it's a pain in the ass for all of us that work in social media and, and marketing um because it means that you know the goalposts keep on moving well, it's just harder but actually you know it kind of like this move i think it's it's kind of actually hard to say that's wrong or it's not something that facebook should be pushing because i think it probably probably is but it's a bit like the flood it's a bit like the bible right like they started kind of they messed it up and what yeah. they're doing is resetting no the character, shake the etch a sketch and maybe some lucky brands will find a, a kind of arc through. So today, uh, Richley, it was in PR week. So with the agency, I think the big thing that he's emphasizing <coughs> is, and this is the tagline, personal public relations. I like that. It's all about individual led. So that literally the first thing on the website is three people that he promotes. It seems to be publicity led. But today I saw a campaign where a PR agency launched a pork chop into space. Wow. As you do, as, as a lot of people have done, because that is now the new, you know, selfie, the new drone. What? Into space. Into space. <laughs> so they launched a pork chop into space. And to me, that's the kind of publicity thing. But what Rich seems to be really after is combining the publicity approach with, you know, people really doing meaningful things. You know, there's a lot of stuff around now about, you know, these social media celebrities and whether it's Zuella on YouTube or, you know, leading kind of Instagrammers. And, you know, there are people now that are very much using digital and the web to build themselves as a brand. The tricky thing with social is unless you can actually convince them to really invest time and energy in doing it, it always just becomes a little bit... But that, and that's a good thing, because then it means it's impossible in theory, unless they are genuinely that thing. And so it means a company shouldn't really be able to make itself look social and savvy and like experts, unless they are savvy and experts. Yeah, true. So that maybe means that Rich's job's going to be hard, because you actually need to find individuals with integrity mm. and <laughs> experience. Yeah. That's always the trick with PR, though. And one of the issues with our entire industry is that it blossomed into this enormous sprawling monster because it started to get in the habit of supplying this service to companies that didn't really have any substance. But I mean, this has got to be the future of the whole industry, though, because if you look at it, let's say we sat a journalist down with every single news announcement that was coming out all day and they looked at them one by one. And every time one of those companies contacted them and the journalist says, or anyone who has an opinion basically says, that's not news, that's not a story, that company lost its right to ever say anything again. Mm. What you would do is you would slowly weed out all the companies that just don't need to be making that noise and they'd have to find other ways to work. And what I'm saying is for a long time, PR created that crutch because it would just say, give us the money, we know the media, we take them for lunch and we'll make them write about you. Yeah, And it created this huge bubble of companies that were actually executing on PR that didn't really have that substance. Mm. And they all need to disappear. Mm. They all need to stop doing that. And if they do, the whole PR industry uh, 
halves overnight or with the traditional kind of PR thing, you know, which is most, I mean, that is probably half the PR industry. People are just not swiveling fast enough or can't, or in some cases, because of this, shouldn't. I think the other really, I, I agree with that. I think the other really interesting part of it is the personality-led piece. And if you think about social media, um, social media is not really designed to be a brand talking to a consumer. It's designed to be an individual talking to an individual. And so actually pushing individuals and individuality is actually potentially a really, really important thing. It's quite a good hygiene thing as well, because it's much harder to hide from the fact that you're trying to promote an individual and they are just not seeming interesting than it is to hide from the fact that you're promoting a brand and it doesn't seem interesting. But because it's a brand, you're numb to the fact of just how boring it is. Whereas when you have an individual to really focus that on because it's human, because you react to a human face and an identity and everything, you, it, it, you feel it so much strongly when you just mm. see what they're saying is rubbish, what they're writing is uh, derivative, mm. you know, democratization of X, Y, and Z. Mm. The, the, a quote, every quote in a press release ever, you're so excited to announce the da 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 da. Uh, that, you know, you balk at that because it's so obviously not what a normal person says outside yeah. of a press yeah. release. Yeah, but then I guess, you know, on the flip side, it's like, well, is it ever natural for a a brand to be talking. I look very closely at the founders. I think that's always the thing. You really sit down, you focus on them. You say, for a start, do I believe them? If not, probably shouldn't work with them, which is a nice thing to be able to choose. And if you go, yeah, I do believe them, then you just find whatever that thing is you believe in and you pull that out through everything else you're doing. You know, and I, I guess personality has always been a, a big factor in PR. And I guess what we're seeing now potentially is that it's becoming even more relevant because actually it's easier for people to be a personality on social media. And potentially more damaging as well. And if, potentially more damaging. I mean, yeah. you don't see many tweets from Uber's founder, do you? <laughs> I don't know, I don't That's a whole other subject. I think there's an interesting side to, to Rich's agency and what a lot of people are doing because he actually explicitly mentions the PR for PR campaign that Stephen Waddington which I think we're both reasonable fans of. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, ever since I started in PR, everyone that I've spoken to uh, kind of agrees, I think, that there is a real reputation issue in the PR industry. And we all, none of us, a lot of the time, actually do a very good job of bucking against that. And so I think generally that there's just this feeling of, as an industry, we're not as good as we could be and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I think there is a lot to be proud of, and 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 I think a lot of that stuff that we kind of moan about isn't necessarily justified, and I think that's probably where some of what Wads is trying to do kind of stems from. But the perception thing is the real is the real issue, because yeah. as as long as people keep saying, "Oh, we have our PR strategy," meaning taking journalists for lunch, we have our digital strategy, our Twitter strategy, you know, whatever, all these things. That's a very hard thing to escape from and escape from the kind of gravity of that because actually no one wants to go and own the media relations thing because that is not... Yeah, but I also, I also whenever I, people, whenever I talk about that sort of thing, I think, well, that's true in other areas of marketing as well. You know, everyone is trying to do this land grab around digital and social, but yet legacy agencies are always still going to be seen first in their traditional silos. If I think the catch is... 
if I could pick anything you know, for our, for whatever industry I worked in, if I could pick any one of the disciplines that are all sort of converging to be the thing people associated with me first, media relations would be the last thing. <laughs> it's, Why? It's the... Because, because the Don Draper factor. Because the thing about media relations is it's implicitly artificial media relations. Normally, if media are going to write about something that's happened elsewhere in other industries, let's say uh, when, when PR still owned the, the full media relations bit, it would be because something had happened literally in the world, media had seen it and they wrote it up. And that's the best thing. That's the perfect kind of organic thing. And by contrast, to say we do media relations is to say we do the other thing. We do the thing where they wouldn't have written about you, but because we got involved, they wrote about you. Like in advertising, PR is known as free media. It's free, it's cheap, it's it's easy. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, obviously it's not easy. We Everyone that has ever worked in a PR agency knows it's not easy. But um, I think sometimes there is that perception and there's probably that perception within companies as well when the marketing... You know, when the marketing budget is being put together, you know, free media or f- is not going to get a massive pot because they don't need as big a pot because yep. they don't have to put loads of paid stuff behind it. Yep. But I, I do think, so I do think there's that. And I think that all of that stuff comes into the perception issue. But I do also think on the flip side, earned media is really getting a renaissance and it's mm. because of some of this stuff that we've already talked about today that facebook going against promotional posts is a massive opportunity for those of us who have grown up in this in this kind of let's create great content that people whether they're journalists or consumers really want to engage with because it's awesome rather than let's create content that will probably still be awesome but we don't really need to worry as much because we're just going to put loads of paid media behind it. And I think I think the association is great. The fact that it's earned, even the word earned, you, you worked for it. The association is great. The link to the world of the media, which is theoretically meritocratic, the most interesting things get written about, is great. But often, actually, the methodology, people think you, you're kind of waving some magic wands to achieve that. Mm. And it's either because you've got such strong relationships that you can force a story in. And coming back to that idea that that PR has ballooned way out of proportion for what should exist today, coming back to the idea that PR managed that by offering PR to brands that should never have been in the news particularly, it's, it's slightly like we've been strung up by that magic wand we offered. And people can't get past the fact that actually it's not the magic wand that achieves it today, it's the real substance of having something there. Mm. So being associated with earning your way into the news is fantastic, but the idea that you do it because you see, have some kind of magic connection with the press is the damaging bit to escape. Mm. So I think if PR is to, to get out of the gravitational pull of that old funny three martini lunch way of working and that the best thing we have to offer the world is media relationships it's by saying it's the understanding we built up over all that time of what media care about as people who were originally the key influencers it's the understanding of trying not to pay for everything we do not that we never pay for anything but it's not where we start you know we pay when it's worth it and it's the understanding of um you know all the effort it took to maintain those relationships over the years that I would want people to think of PR of. Yeah, and I think you know what I think is great about what 
Wads is trying to do is rather than us all just sitting in a room, sitting our wrists, it's actually, let's shout about the stuff that's really good. And actually, to be honest with you, the best way for us to turn around any perception issues is by going out there and going, look at what we've done. Uh, look at how many can lines we've won. Look at all of that kind of stuff. Because those are the things that will, those will make the biggest difference. It's all very well us all sitting in agencies going, actually, we can do just as good a job as that ad agency or that social media agency or whoever else it is. The proof is totally in the pudding. And yep. that is still where, unfortunately, I think as an industry, we are still not there yet. Yep. But I think there's pockets of it happening. And I think what Wads is trying to get at is we need to find those pockets and we need to push them out there and make that all more visible. Well, and also it can um, rise this, raise the standards for everyone. If clients yeah. and other yeah. disciplines start coming to PR agencies, expecting them to be at a certain standard, expecting them to act beyond you know the things we've talked about when it comes to media and things, it'll force them to. And yeah, you're right, you have to start with something like the CIPR and PLCA and really any organisation that can access the broad spread, the people who don't listen to podcasts, the people who don't tweet, yeah. the, the broad industry. Um, but I have to also admit, I'm totally guilty of you know shamefully turning my back on the whole PR label to the point where I just spent the last few months designing the website, new website for Orga, and, and saying, how do I find people who are looking for PR and then re-educate them to say, no, it's communications, it's kind of broad, because otherwise you're going to get the wrong kinds of inquiries and you do the wrong kinds of work if yeah. you're not selective. And I think probably at the moment, if we're brutally honest, there are probably two types of profession, two types of person operating the PR industry and two types of agencies there's one that is saying actually we're still getting awesome work doing what we've already always done therefore why should we change yeah uh, yeah and then there's lots of people who are sort of saying uh no we think there's a better way to do things and long term we think there's more opportunity to do things in a slightly different way and so we're going to chase that and you know that is, I think that is still the reality. And, and so I agree with you. I think the bodies like the PRCA and the CIPR have a massive role to play in, in, in that piece. And they're obviously not going to be able to do it all alone. But we've got to have these sorts of, I think as an industry, if we're going to survive, not to be too melodramatic about it, we need to, we need to have those conversations and we need to have them in a very public sense. And we need to be very open about all of that stuff. So that was the first Digital Wake. We'd love to hear your feedback on the whole experiment. If you'd like to take part, let us know. If you see stories you think are interesting, shout. We're not hard people to find on the internet, and we hope you enjoyed it.